0: Theology is oftentimes an adventure in missing the point. Indeed, the image of the theologian conjures, at best, a detached, disinterested spectator on earthly events. But what if a, mostly, orthodox Christianity had something vital to say to the world around it? What if, in the words of the great black liberation theologian James Cone, theology was really political language? This is Public Theologians. To another episode of Public Theologians. I'm Casey Hobbs, and with me is our other founding member, Duran Hill. Duran, welcome back onto the show.
1: Good to see you there, Casey.
0: Likewise. Well, today I regret to inform everyone listening that we have decided to talk about cancel culture. Uh, I would imagine this is going to be the only time we're going to do this. So if you are really Just excited to hear about our thoughts on cancel culture. Listen up, because this is probably just going to be a one-time situation. So I wanted to read a part of the Philadelphia Statement. If you're not familiar with the Philadelphia Statement, congratulations. But it is a statement that a bunch of kind of right-wing evangelical folks put out last year in response to um, what is known as cancel culture. So we'll get into, I don't know, maybe we'll come up with our own definition of cancel culture. If you're not familiar with cancel culture as a definition, I think this statement does it, I don't know, kind of gives you a picture of what people are talking about when they talk about cancel culture. And if you haven't guessed already, Duran, Uh, I don't know if you would agree with me in saying this just at the top I am pretty much what's the word for it I am ambivalent I think that's the word that I would use to describe my feelings on cancel culture Um, just a big pile spoonful of ambivalence I don't know Do do you have any a better way to put that on your side or do you agree or disagree
1: Um, you know, generally, uh, you know, I would say the same, but of course, it always depends on who's doing the canceling, right? This is really (laughs) what this conversation is about. You know, it's not about should we cancel people? Should we call out people? Uh, but should others call us out? You know, that's always where where the rub is. But, uh, but you know, I, I don't know, it's interesting you think about, you know, we have had forms of ostracizing people, you know, from communities, uh, you know, in in, in many ways. And so, um, you know, I think when you think about communities and are there shared values or standards and norms and, you know, what happens when you violate those, you know, and who determines uh, when one has violated and, who determines what is the appropriate, uh, you know, consequence for that? So I think these are are, are all things, uh, you know, up and running with the cancel culture. But uh, it's um, it's always great if you're doing it. It's always bad if someone else is doing it to you. I think we can all agree on that.
0: Yeah, I think that's essentially, especially because we're gonna we're framing this today in sort of a. This is an evangelical framing. <laughs> this is a right wing framing uh, in a political sense and an evangelical framing in a religious sense. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read this part of this Philadelphia statement. And actually before I start reading it, I, th- I feel like it's important to look real quick at the, at the signatories. So gonna just run down the signatory page uh, for names that I recognize. Um, perhaps others would recognize others if they look and we will provide the links if you uh, would like to punish yourself by looking further into this. So, uh, Dr. Russell Moore is in here. He's we've mentioned him before. I think he's he's received some um, alternating positive and negative reviews on this here podcast. Uh Al Moeller is on there. I don't know that we've said much positive about Al Moeller's courage in the last four years on this podcast. Uh and then
1: there's we have we have praised his
0: consistency, haven't we? <laughs> we have praised his consistency. And actually just going back to Russell Moore real quick, I think at one point you said, if I'm not mistaken, that Russell Moore went into witness protection program a few years ago. <laughs>
1: Is he is he alive? We need to get I, a, I think a he proof he We need to get a <laughs> proof of life from. I mean, I'm not looking at a an actual signature. All I see mm. is um, his name. You know, his name typed. So we need if to someone get can get us,
0: us a, a picture of uh, Doctor Russell Moore with like a newspaper with today's newspaper and the date, so that we can see that. That would be terrific. We're just we're a little concerned. We want to make sure that he's all right. So there, and then there's Kevin D. Williamson, uh, who is a prominent writer on the Gospel Coalition websites and the National Review. And then just kind of scrolling down, one other name jumps out at me, and that would be Dr. Charles Murray. So Dr. Charles Murray is notable because he wrote a book called The Bell Curve. This is like in the 90s. That essentially said that there's a difference in the intelligence of races, um, which I would say that makes, makes him a racist by definition. Um, I don't, I'm i not sure how anyone would understand that differently. And Now he is employed, he is the, the F.A. Hayek Emeritus Chair in Cultural Studies at American Enterprise Institute. So that's the Koch brothers. Uh, who essentially own like all the oil riches of the United States and fund all sorts of right-wing projects and have for many decades. So that's Dr. Charles Murray. He's, he is a part of the signatory. So just real quick, you know, it's kind of a who's who of really uh, people with very nuanced views, very, um, very uh, interested in what other people have to say historically and so this is what they say quote and i'm not going to read the whole thing because uh, frankly i'm going to get tired can I, can I point out of, yeah a
1: couple a couple more people oh yeah yeah find yeah. the statement uh if you look below um you also have uh the ceo of babylon b uh no. dr wayne Groom, dr wayne Groom, and uh david dockery so uh so some interesting cast of characters down
0: here oh my goodness yeah yeah see i didn't even go all the way down there it's it's really yeah really a lot of people that have been canceled clearly because they have uh titles like ceo or professor emeritus or um professor you know so just kind of really difficult uh difficult to get their, their names out there, it seems like. They wanna protect free speech. So they say, quote, social media mobs, cancel culture, campus speech policing, these are all part of life in today's America. Freedom of expression is in crisis. Truly open discourse, the debates, exchange of ideas and arguments on which the health and flourishing of a democratic republic crucially depend is increasingly rare. Ideologues demonize opponents to block debates on important issues and to silence people with whom they disagree. We must ask ourselves, is this a country we want? Surely not. We want, and to be true to ourselves, we need to be a nation in which we and our fellow citizens of many different faiths, philosophies, and persuasions can speak their minds and honor their deepest convictions without fear of punishment and retaliation. Okay, I think that's all that I'm able to read from that Philadelphia statement, at least for now. I'm I'm at a loss, honestly, Duran. I have such a hard time even conceptualizing the obtuseness of people that have spent their entire careers ignoring and trashing people even from within their own camps that disagree with them on what we would consider as Christian secondary or tertiary matters. Um, and they need now, they need to be a nation that honors deepest convictions without fear of punishment and retaliation. Duran, am I wrong to just feel like completely insane reading this from these particular people?
1: Of course you are, Casey. I mean... (laughs) It's good to have you back, (laughs) Trant. Yeah, Uh, I don't know what your problem is. Uh, I mean, we want freedom of expression. This is important, freedom of speech. This is exactly why Al Mohler and um, David Dockery and all the the signatories and all the uh, seminary presidents for SBC uh, want to talk about critical race theory in the classrooms because of freedom of speech. Like that's important, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, um, I think you might be mistaken, Drian. I feel like I really? feel like what you meant to say is that they are shutting down debate on even something sort mm. of self-explanatory like critical race theory or intersectionality that different people have different experiences of life because you know the history of america is completely (laughs) flawed and racist and classist and created by white landowning men instead of this great egalitarian system that we think or have been told by, probably by these guys and their friends <laughs> that exists.
1: Well, you know, come on, Casey, give these guys the benefit of the doubt. They have quoted Frederick Douglass here. <laughs> I guess they couldn't find any MLK quotes to. <laughs>
0: They're upping their game. Yeah, I should I game. should say they did uh, throw in a, a Frederick Douglass quote and talked about him quite a bit. He's yeah. somebody that I notice is getting a lot of a lot of notoriety these days. Hey. <laughs> he
1: he is back back in Vogue, you know. <laughs> back in Vogue. And I'm, and I'm and I'm sure uh you know the presidents of of these seminaries back in the 1860s were also quoting uh Frederick Douglass um you know in 1860 uh as they were Uh, declaring themselves on the right side of history and the war of rebellion, but that's a whole nother nother thing. But no, so I would say this though, seriously, um, you know, it is, I I, I do see the hypocrisy and I do though, you know, at the same time, see the, what people are upset about uh, with cancel culture, you know, and that sometimes, you know, and, and in particular, I, I, I can speak for, not speak for, but, you know, coming from the vantage point of, uh, of some of these, um, you know, evangelicals, um, you know, their views, just expressing these views, people have labeled them as hate groups and things of that nature. Uh, sometimes that's wanted, uh, sometimes it isn't. But yeah, that's the that's the whole thing, though. Is you know, you think about boycotts and protests. I mean, those are basically cancel culture. So, um, the 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 thing about cancel culture is that you know, in saying like you can't do cancel culture, is actually restricting expression and speech in some (laughs) way. You are, are are actually canceling out the ability. To, to express themselves. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that just as a society, we just we just got to deal with, you know, people ain't gonna like you, you know, uh, people are not gonna agree with you. And I don't know what to tell you about it, but I guess you can write a statement, you know, but yes. I don't know that, that that's really, and you know, this that's what the other thing that's interesting too about, you know, people's mindset, like, I wonder, you know, if in their thinking about this statement, like what was the, the goal, you know, cause they have a good, interesting uh, FAQ um, on, on these, on the statement, um, but, you know, who are they writing it to, you know? Um, are they writing it to people who have canceled them or is this just another opportunity to, um, you know, stump your feet and say, "Look at us, uh, we are the righteous uh, anti-cancel culture people," you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's so funny because um, have you seen the the um, the Dr. Seuss uh, the meme they've got going out where. Some groups were canceling Dr. Seuss a while back for environmental issues. And now that we're talking about like, you know, characterizing different, you know, and stereotyping different races and ethnicities, now it's like, oh, you've gone too far. And so um, the, 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 I think the caption was like, you know, so you, you don't, you want can, you know, you to cancel Dr. Seuss, the environmentalist but uh doctors who's the racist you know you don't have a problem with and so um but yeah i I think that really just describes a lot where folks are where it's, it's as long as you don't talk counsel what i want you know what i feel like is important you know then then we've got an issue
0: yeah i i think that's exactly right and and i do want to get into a bit of a bit of sort of the substance that that is there I, I don't I don't think that and I don't think you're saying this but I don't think that cancel culture is made up whole cloth I I, I definitely think there is a censorious streak um, among people on the left um, I think there's also has been and I, I want to kind of establish this first and then I do want to talk a bit about about what that looks like on the left but the I just I think this is a thing where the messenger so completely is implicated in the message that I, it's it that it, it, it is laughable. So I found um, because I spent a lot of time looking into this and, and I'm sorry that I did, but now I'm going to share it with everybody listening and with you, And So I extend my apologies from myself. What's
1: what's the point of doing (laughs) your research, man, if you can't, if you can't share it?
0: That's true. So, uh, this, this will make you sad, but it'll establish my point. So I'll keep, I'll keep on it. So I found an article in the LA times from 1990. It was at the end of the year and 1990, uh, was notable in kind of this conversation because you had sort of the, this was the beginning of uh, sort of a right-wing scare campaign about free speech and college campuses that was mentioned in the Philadelphia uh, statement. Um, It was also a year that 2Live Crew came out with as nasty as they want to be, which was an album that is was not made for children, which uh, should just say, um, but there was an incredible backlash to having two live crew on the shelves. There was court cases, um, quite a bit of um, quite a bit of even legal issues with that. Um, Henry Louis Gates, uh, Jr. testified. Uh, on their behalf in, in court and they actually won their case because it was an absurd case to begin with that they were actually being prosecuted for coming out with, with an obscene record. I, I don't know that there's much debate on whether or not this would be a great thing to play for your kids but it, it was made in the United States of America and we ostensibly have a Right to free speech, and that ought to include um, even things that maybe we might not want to hear. So, in response to kind of all of that, and and in setting the tone for the next couple decades, in which now I was growing up in, and you were growing up in, Duran, uh, there's a quote at the bottom of this article, and I'll include it in the show notes. But from Pat Robertson, Pat Robertson the founder of the 700 club and the the christian broadcasting network he said a few other things that i'm not going to read because it's kind of prattling but then he says quote anti-christian bigotry is no less despicable than anti-semitic bigotry racist bigotry or sexist bigotry private or public expressions of big i'm just going to pause real quick and just point out the fact that every single United States president in the history of the United States presidents has claimed Christianity this is not a marginal view you might feel marginalized you might feel sad there is, has never been somebody in the white house that has not claimed Christianity okay i'm going to i'm going to continue now Private or public expressions of bigotry can and should be dealt with by reason, by rebuke, or by economic boycott. This is Pat Robertson in 1990. Norman Lear called for a boycott against Christian broadcasters. The National Football League has boycotted Arizona. The National Organization for Women threatened repeated boycotts against states that refused to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. Rest assured that Christian groups during the 1990s will not long sit idly by while newspapers, magazines, television shows, and motion pictures spew out—wait for it—nazi-like venom against them, their leaders, and their Lord. There will be no. There will be more protests, picketing, and massive economic boycotts against those who practice anti-Christian bigotry, as well. There should be, and he goes on. So I just. And I'm sorry. I should often. I'll, I'll finish with one more thing on that. Um, at the end of his quote, he says, "I'm just so fascinated and and just baffled by this." So he says, "Quote to compel the American taxpayer to furnish funds to disseminate concepts that are highly repugnant to him." He's talking about the National Endowment for the Arts there, which uh, evangelicals were really trying to get. Eliminated. There's actually a movement by Jesse Helms and another U.S. senator to completely abolish the National Endowment for the Arts, um, which happens every every little bit with uh, a Senate campaign to try to do that. But it, it happened then. Um, so that's what he's referring to there. And then he says, in the words of Thomas Jefferson, "It's sinful and tyrannical to." disseminate concepts highly repugnant to him. I intend to fight this tyranny with whatever resources are made available to me, and I'm confident that most thinking Americans will join me. So I wanted wanted to finish that with the Thomas Jefferson quote because I felt like that almost hit the bingo of everything that we're talking about. Um, This contains all of the current complaints of Christian kind of right-wing, evangelical, uh, whether that's in a political context or a religious context, this kind of hits them all. Um, He accuses everyone else of being Nazis um, or or accusing them of being Nazis. Uh, He quotes Thomas Jefferson at the end to make his point, which is pretty rich considering that Thomas Jefferson was first of all, not actually a Christian um, in really any meaningful sense of the term, but mainly because Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner. And yes, he had plantations, which he worked his own crops, quote unquote. But do you think that Thomas Jefferson was really working his own crops or was somebody else, you know, like free slave labor working his crops? So the fact that he ends just unself-reflectively with the Thomas Jefferson quote, in the conversation of trying to shut down Two Live Crew, and this this black art that was so offensive to him, again, it just it strikes as completely absurd. And this is 1990, and then we lived through all of that programming. Right there was uh, Disney boycotts because uh, Disney was pro LGBT back in the 90s. So Christians boycotted Disney. Uh, there was the Starbucks boycott because the Starbucks mermaid logo is apparently a naked woman that apparently was causing some sort of consternation with somebody somewhere. Uh, so there, so Christians boycotted Starbucks in the early 2000s. Um, there is just has been one one organized shutting down of speech after another coming from the religious right. And now all of a sudden it's come, the, kind of the chickens have come back home to roost. And now there's enough people saying y'all are bigots and we don't want to hear it anymore. And now it's an issue. Okay, that's, that's kind of my piece. What do you think, Duran? Any reactions to that?
1: You know, I, I think... the the big picture and I know you mentioned that this happens both on the right and the left and you know I think the big picture is we just don't want to talk to one another you know we we don't want to hear what people who have different ideas from us have to say and you know we we do have uh, and 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 I think all along the political uh, spectrum, we all have these things that we say to shut down the conversation, you know? I was joking uh, about this once, uh, but it's so true, you know, even in our kind of Christianese, when it's not like politically charged or whatever, um, you know, we we do the whole, the Lord told me, God told me, you know, it's, it's a way of just kind of a, this is a trump card of, yeah. this is, hey, what I said come from God, you can't challenge it, you can't question it. It's the, the end of our debate. In the <laughs> debate, boom, there it is. And I think that is, that is what's so frustrating about um, a lot of this cancel culture. Um, very little of it is actually about people being demonstrably hurt you know and I, and I don't want to over emphasize that because I, I do think there are things that are happening that are hurtful to people and that sort of thing and I think we should be sensitive and and, and those sort of things but I think many times what I've seen is it's really just hey I, I'm not trying to hear what you have to say um, you know and, and so it, it, it just um, you know, and then I think you know you also have this kind of performative thing that companies do uh, to just show how how woke they are, uh, or you know how defiant they are, you know, on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, and, and so I, I think that's the so yeah, it's um I don't know, it's just frustrating uh, to see sometimes that because it's really just you know my three-year-old, you know, putting their fingers in their ear, I don't want to hear you, you know, and, and that that's what a lot of it boils down to, uh, which is, which is sad, because you do have some things that are, you know, real issues that we need to, and I think that's the, the debate or the issue for me is, yes, there probably are some things that should be canceled. Can we... Can we ever have a conversation about what those things are, you know? Uh, and, and typically, it's people from one camp saying, "All right, this thing is canceled," um, and and um, and everybody else just, you know, sighing and all of this sort of thing. And it's so interesting. The latest iteration with Doctor Seuss was that his own estate. Said, "Hey, we're not really proud of this. We don't really want to publish it." And then, the soundbite is, "Dr. Seuss is canceled," and it's just like, "So you can't even cancel yourself." Yeah, no, you can't. You can't even
0: say. <laughs> you know so what? Funny. Our father, like, our grandfather, he no. was a very good man. We're not saying that he should never be. I mean, he was. He was an environmentalist. Like Theodore Giesel was an incredible. <laughs> person incredible writer uh incredible creator of children's stories also there's some seriously problematic and racist stuff in his writing and well you know those two things can exist together and as yeah as the children and grandchildren you can say you know what he was off on this stuff we don't need to keep making money off of this
1: and you know it's interesting too casey a a lot you know i hadn't read did a deep dive in this but it seemed like most of this was imagery for some really obscure books right so that absolutely it's not even hard it's not yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know because and now was like wait let me look at this thing you know because <laughs> i've got a couple of dr seuss books but it's it's so interesting yeah that we can't even have a conversation on it and you know you know i was thinking about this earlier today um not in this context but you know the myths, the stories, the narratives that we invent or develop in some ways as a a way of coping with things, right? You know, um, and, you know, but, you know, it's the problem becomes when we just can't admit the complexity, you know? So, you know, as a Christian, you know, uh, you know, somebody comes with, Talking about the Crusades and how many people have been killed in the name of Christ or whatever like that. You know, instead of acknowledging this has happened, um, this is not my view of how, you know, the faith should be spread or what have you. Or <laughs> even coming up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, yeah I, I'm not. I'm not trying to do genocide or anything like that. But instead of saying that, you know, it is... I have to defend it about, okay, what about this, 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 that other religion? Um, Or what about hospitals? You know, the the church is the largest uh, healthcare provider in the world. You know, it's like we just cannot accept taking one minute to look in the mirror and say, you know what, yes, this is, this is part of my heritage, uh, my faith heritage, no, I don't think it was right, um, you know, and, and admit that. But it's like, oh no, nope, you are attacking Christianity. You hate Jesus. You're canceled. You know, uh, you're hostile, hostile to, to to everything I believe in, and, and we're enemies. And it, it's 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 just so unproductive for any kind of substantive dialogue to take place.
0: Yeah, and I- My perspective of, especially what many prominent white theologians are doing as well with kind of the critical race theory that you brought up before, uh, is the exact same thing. Instead of saying, here, I read Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States, and I have found out that since the very beginning of white people coming here, it's been a disaster. It's been a disaster for, particularly for indigenous peoples. It's been a disaster, particularly for Africans that we captured and brought here. It's been a disaster then for workers who had been working in incredibly uh, dangerous and underpaid and uh, with with very little rights that had to all be fought for and worked for over the years, we have four hundred plus years of history showing us that our that my ancestors in particular made some horrific choices and to not just engage that for one minute and to say, Martin Luther King came and so we have freedom and equality didn't you hear the one Martin Luther King quote that I that I always keep bringing up that you know I have a dream that one day my little black children will play with someone else's little white children don't we want that colorblindness um, I, I, <laughs> part of my looking into all of this in the last few days was uh, stumbling upon a an Owen Stration uh, article. And I would like to say that I can follow him on Twitter, but he's blocked me on Twitter, which is kind of interesting for someone that cries about cancel culture a lot. And I'm pretty sure that I was not even following him or paying attention to him in the first place, but now I'm, I'm canceled from his social media, which is fine. Uh, but he said he has this entire. Article on, he calls it wokeness. Okay, wokeness, cancel culture. I think it's kind of depending on who you are, it's kind of the same thing. So he has a whole list of what wokeness is not. Um, wokeness is not wanting racial harmony. Um, so obviously, wokeness, as he uses it, is a, per- a pejorative term. So it's not enjoying global culture. It's uh, not knowing that Jesus Christ was a Middle Eastern Jew and not a white American. Um, It's not uh, adopting children from a different region. But what it is. Okay, so it's not those things. Here's what wokeness in the pejorative term for him is. Um, Wokeness is... um, Okay so Christians are told that they are complicit in the racist sins of their forebears. So that's wokeness apparently is to say that there is generational guilt. I'm not sure if this this theologian and professor of a, at a Southern Baptist seminary is aware of like the Old Testament and how generational guilt is a big deal in the Old Testament, or if he just picked out that one verse out of Ezekiel about the sour grapes, um, but maybe maybe he was unfamiliar with the rest of scripture. Um, he says that uh, Christians are told here's some more pejorative wokeness, Christians are encouraged to align with Black Lives Matter, an organization with polar opposite worldviews on matters of natural family, the sexes, and human sexuality. And then Christians are told to see capitalism as oppressive, unfair, and unjust, with socialism of various kinds as a preferable system. Okay, so again, it just... There is... And this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Duran. Wokeness or cancel culture essentially boils down to... Here are a group of people that ostensibly agree with me on a lot of things and and do not agree with me on other things, and they are in the wrong for trying to bring a message of there is history in the United States of America that is horrific, if you engage it, that is implicating um, of of sin, if you read it, Um, but and, and is calling for repentance. Again, this is the whole the whole point then would be from a Christian perspective, and check me if I'm wrong, Duran, is our entire life is to be one of repentance. So when we come across something that says, my ancestors were horrifically engaging in the world around them in terms of genocide, in terms of stealing folks, in terms of hoarding capital and keeping others at the bottom, that should be a call for repentance. That should be a call to say, I and my people have been wrong, I repent. How can I be a part of making this a better situation? And and instead of that, the whole conversation boils down to People are not being nice to me and I am losing my place in the social system.
1: I think, you know, when when we we look at this, um, you know, again, I I think it it has to be in a a larger conversation, you know? And I do think, you know, I I, I can empathize in, in some ways in folks um, well part of it is too, we, we hardly ever hear other people except for sound bites, right? Right And so that's that's what folks are hearing and that's that's what's coming out. But um, you know, I think we, we also have to have to acknowledge in these conversations that you know um, that they, these there may be some some good things that have come from from some of these, um, Things that are are being canceled, right? There, there may be some some redeemable things that have come, or some good that has come, and I think that is, I many times often the frustration that I see the most from from some of these um, folks who have similar views, where they're they're feeling attacked. And again, some of that is real, some of that is perceived. To be honest, you know. Um, but, but I think, uh, yeah, that's, it's difficult, uh, particularly when there's no, the, the only re-engagement in time that engagement happens is in, in places where there is no relationship, where there there isn't any kind of mutual understanding and it's like, boom, let's go, you know? But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, what, what do you think? Are, are there things that should be canceled, Casey?
0: well i think the the best kind of framing that i've heard for for that question would be nathan j robinson who is a creator and editor of current affairs he mentioned that and he kind of frames it in, in the sense of the like when you talk about an institution like the New York Times, okay, there's always conversation. Oh, the New York Times is canceling this or that, or like censoring. Um, the the editors are censoring who can be on it. This came on a lot from that Tom Cotton article that got published last summer, where essentially sitting in the United States Senator published a piece in the New York Times saying that we need to have martial law in the streets uh, to get all of these Black Lives Matter protesters out. So that was problematic in a lot of ways, but the way that Nathan J. Robinson phrased it was that the New York Times is not a bathroom stall. Um, it, they are not obligated to print whomever they they find, whomever sends them something, whether that's a sitting United States senator or like if I sent them something, they're they're not obligated to print that, and so mm. again, you kind of get into the Dr. Seuss conversation. I think this is a really great example of where this it is helpful to say this. this doesn't mean we burn all copies of If I Ran the Zoo or What a McEligot's Pool which are honestly not the not his best works in the first place. I've read both of those many times to my kids. Felt really weird about the art and um, they're not really great books to begin with. I was, <laughs> I, I I don't think we're missing out on missing those things. So it is helpful to say, okay, there can be a place where we keep these things as historical records hmm. of where an otherwise really gifted, really thoughtful, and in and, and a lot of ways really radical writer was not radical, was very much with the keeping of his times, um, you know, and there's a, a part in, if I ran the zoo, that he talks about capturing a chieftain. Um, and there's a picture of a, a little African man in chain in a cage. And so he wrote this about 50 years after there was actually a an African tribesman that was in a in a in the zoo in New York um, named Adabinga, And Adabinga lived in a cage in the zoo because people will come and pay to see him. People will come from all around the world. I think he went on like a, a worldwide tour, like went to London too to be displayed. So this is not like incidental kind of fantastical writing this dr seuss was pointing out something that actually happened i mean so that should be really concerning even to someone like me who loves to read green eggs and ham and the lorax to my kids it's troubling that that he has pictures of and and allusions to these horrific things that happened in recent history so yeah i think in that sense, if we want to cancel some of his books and particularly if his estate wants to do that and continue to make insane amounts of money, I think they're the second wealthiest uh, deceased celebrity behind Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson's estate makes more money than Dr. Seuss's estate, but that's it. So they're not really hurting for the, for the funds of these, of these not so good books and offensive books and yeah there's there's plenty of other things that we can we can gain from reading dr seuss so i think this is another really great example too and going back to that tom cotton example just because a, a sitting senator sends something to the new york times does not mean that that ought to be printed in the new york times i think there should be a conversation within even that editorial board to say, why in the world would we print something from somebody that needs no further platform? The guy is a sitting US Senator. There's only 50 of them. <laughs> he has plenty of places to, that he could send this to and get this out there. He could put out a press release and I'm sure that somebody will cover it. But no, they said, we'll go ahead and print him saying that we should roll tanks into us cities and disperse protesters who are exercising their first amendment rights. So in all of that sense, yeah, I think there are there are reasons and and again like when we talk about what historically has been cancel culture, it's been boycotts. It's been the really the only way that people the people can get their message across to those in power is whether it's withholding their votes um or whether it's withholding their financial uh thing whether it's withholding their work uh, as in work stoppages all of those things you could say are cancel culture um and so yeah i think i think when when you kind of look at it like that there are really great uses for it
1: yeah and i, I think you know I think one of the other things I think too is, you know, canceling ideas versus canceling people. Is there a difference, you know? Um, And I think, you know, whether or not you agree with canceling anyone or cancel culture, I think, you know, there is accountability for what people do and what they say. And so, you know, I think. That's the other thing is that, you know, sometimes people are, are upset because they're called into account for things that they have said or ideas that they've expressed. And it's like, you know, hey, you, you said it, you know, I didn't. So you know, it, it's one of those things where um, you know, I think people have to have to recognize that, you know, we should be careful with what we say and, you know, he, the the, the, the Bible's called to be, you know, uh, uh, slow to speak, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting, um, you know, this discussion and, um, and particularly, you know, one of my favorite things is, um, you know, you know, even like uh, how, how we, read the bible and amongst christians and there's this kind of implicit canceling sometimes that happens um with the old testament uh, among some christians you know and then there's the kind of jesus versus paul where we like well anything pauline like you know whatever man canceled canceling man you know and so that's that's the other uh, other thing i think about sometimes so I think cancel culture is uh, alive and well <laughs> on many fronts, and uh, you know, it just my my hope is that folks will be be intellectually honest with one another about kind of where we are, what we're canceling, and that that we could have a discussion in communities about uh, about that. You know, uh, but uh, it's a uh, definitely fascinating topic
0: yeah absolutely and I think I think kind of one more piece, and we sh- we can maybe wrap with this is that when we talk about this and we we had mentioned it at the beginning, it's not white males that are being cancelled <laughs> by and large, if again, like Tom cotton, if Tom cotton didn't get his stuff in the New York Times, well, I'm sorry, but you can probably get it get your voice out somewhere else there's. There was a video. I think it was this, uh, majory Tyler Green, character from Georgia, but she was speaking with a censored mask on at, at one point. And the it, this is like right after uh, the the Capitol stuff in January, but she. She's speaking and it was on C-SPAN. The clip was from C-SPAN and she's talking and she's got a censored mask on. She's talking about how she's censored and how people like her don't get their voices out. And it's just hilarious. Cause like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are literally on C-SPAN. You're literally a member of the United States Congress. What are you talking about? And, but really when we, and when we talk about Twitter, suspending accounts, Facebook, suspending accounts, it's it's pretty much always going to be people without a real way to get their message out when that sort of thing happens. So it is uh, people that are standing up for Palestinian rights that get kicked off of these platforms. They are being canceled and then they have no actual way to get their word out otherwise because they're using the same free tools that the rest of us bozos are using. And they don't have access to C-SPAN to get their their message out, and and it is it's people that are working for working on things like prison abolition or people that are working um, on dismantling capitalism in in many different ways. Is they are already canceled. People are already not listening to them. You don't get people on. MSNBC or CNN or Fox news talking about how we need to destroy all of our nuclear weapons. You don't get that. What you get is a moderated conversation of some people saying we need to spend more on our military. And some people saying we need to spend a little bit less on our military. You don't get actual radical people saying that, saying these things out on, on, Major <laughs> networks, and it, so I think, on that sense, these people are already canceled, um, and I think that is what is overlooked in this conversation quite a bit because we keep focusing on fools like we focused on for the first forty minutes, <laughs> instead of saying who are the people that we can't that we haven't heard from? Maybe they've already been canceled for. The entirety of our time in these these United States and one more point to this dream and I'll let you respond before we go but in the back to the FAQ section of our Philadelphia statement they they talk about um one of the questions is why do you call it the Philadelphia statement they said and this is a quote from them the city of Philadelphia has played a pivotal role in the history of our great nation men of diverse views who often had fierce disagreements with each other gathered in philadelphia to declare independence from the english crown in 1776 okay so i mean even just the shortest cursory look at that statement and that description of why we need to keep this pristine system intact that gives a voice to men of diverse views. These are all landholding men. None of them were working men. (laughs) None of them were indigenous men. None of them were black men. None of them were immigrants that were working in, uh, working on, on the land at the time these are all land owning men. So, okay. George Washington and Alexander Hamilton had differences of opinion on the scope of the federal government. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Is that the raging debate that we continue to have, or are we talking about something else? No, not to mention that they're all men. Of course, that's none of them are women.
1: <laughs> Interesting points you make there Casey. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, I ain't got nothing to say to
0: that. It is what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. Well, Dran, it's fun going over this stuff with you. I hope that people listening had fun because I don't intend to talk about cancel culture anymore unless we're talking about getting the voices of people that need to be heard out there further, because I think that is a conversation worth having. And I think. It's just useful to point out that when this conversation comes up, it is frequently, I wouldn't say all the time, but it is frequently to preserve the existing power structure that has been functioning in the United States of America since our inception. Nothing more, nothing less.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Casey.
0: <laughs> Some, sometime I might. Sometime I might. All right, Dran. Well, we'll, we'll catch up with you uh, in a couple weeks. And next week we have a really fun show. And I hope people tune back in to that as well. And Dran, we will talk soon. All right, man. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Small Fish, our art is by Phil Nellis. We would love it if you would share this episode if you'll get a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash Casey Hobbs where you can support us for as little as $3 per month. Now go in peace to love and serve.